0: Hello and welcome to Explorations on Feminist Leadership by One Future Fellows 2022, a podcast by the 2022 cohort of the One Future Fellows, where we discuss, examine and learn about all things feminist leadership. I'm Raitri and my
1: pronouns are she and they. I'm Nual and my pronouns are she and they. I'm Palak and my pronouns are she and her. And today we will be talking about love
0: and caring relationships. We will be exploring multiple themes like what love means to us, how we form these perceptions, the role of media and the formation of these perceptions, various ways we express love in different cultures and how we can create love and harmony
2: in conceptual relationships. The rationale behind uh, choosing this is that we feel emotions bind and unite all human experiences. Love and care are integral and indispensable parts across all forms of life. And so, while love can be experienced or understood as a complex emotion, dissected and theorized by many minds across different generations, our attempt together is to understand what it means from our lived experiences, but also contextualized by our feminist journey. With its due twists and turns, we present you today, Love and Care in Relationships. So, maybe we start with understanding what it means to each of us. What do you think love means to each of you?
1: For me, love is like a home. It is held and contained like four walls of safety and protection. And what home means to me is a space to be vulnerable and accepted and nurtured from deep within. What love
0: means to me is um I guess it is about the gestures and the emotions that we feel um and words I guess maybe all that is a love language thing but uh, that's for how I define it um it feels like the end goal of things the bedrock the foundation of all my relationships either romantic or platonic and I feel like it's one of the most important, most talked about, yet unexplored concepts out there. Um, My perception of love was mainly romantic in the beginning. Like, uh, as a child, I used to think of love only in a romantic sense. Um, But as I have explored it a little bit more, I've realized the importance of platonic love. Um, And obviously, like, uh, media has played a big role in my perception of love so maybe we can discuss more on that later but what are your thoughts on love palak
2: so love for me has meant safety i think for the longest times, safety and love these two feelings would have no real distinction in its meaning um Feeling unwavered, feeling unapologetic, feeling unadulterated, all of this has felt very synonymous with love and close to what Noor um, defines or understands as home, so homely. Um, However, with uh, the ever-evolving experience of all emotions as we grow old, I think love has also brought me so much joy that it brings me this really, really unique feeling of invincibility. I think Mm -hmm. love makes me feel invincible. So it could be immunity from my fears, my insecurities, from the everyday intrusive thoughts. And in many ways, if safety um, is embedded in the heart of love, I think invincibility becomes somewhat of an antidote. To all psychological warfare, I feel love can fully hold you, and it can consume you, and maybe, just maybe, that's why it's so powerful. I think that's beautiful.
1: Thank you.
0: Yay. (laughs) Thank you. Um, I feel like I want to build a little on what both Hmm. of you said about love feeling like home and safety, Hmm. Hmm. like in my perception of love, right? Uh, hmm. I also have that feeling of like, oh, I want this one person to be my home. But like hmm. like I said, I, I was quite obsessed with romantic love being the only form of love. Because hmm. that was the one kind of love that I sort of craved. Because I did not find it readily available or like seen around me. So that was something that I used to crave a lot. And um, like, that's the whole point of like, just the person trying make, like me trying to make the person feel like home, except I never really knew what home felt like. Yeah. So that led to like some really skewed perceptions of love. But, uh, and obviously rom-coms and all these romance books that I read did not help at all. They really just skewed it even more. But um, I feel like feminism has really sort of helped me develop and understand it so much better
1: yeah adding to what Gayathri was saying I think the way the uh, the way love has been defined for us is very ambiguous and abstract like um and it is always something to long for and earn for and like Palak mentioned it makes us feel invincible and you know, they tell us that everybody wants love, but we remain totally confused about how to actually practice love in our everyday life and how to express love. Yeah. So where
0: did your idea of love originate from nose?
1: I think it's definitely movies and romcoms. uh also Disney movies a lot. Mm-hmm. Um I constantly long for like a perfect person who is just good at everything, like looks the most amazing, uh dresses up amazing, uh does photography, plays the guitar, just is some <laughs> I- invincible person, uh like Superman basically. <laughs> um, right.
2: Out of all our fantasies <laughs> put together as one human being.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Movies only, really, movies and books only really do that to you, right? Like, media plays such a big influencing role in our lives, especially in our perceptions of things. Uh, And something like love, which is so deeply conditioned in us, ingrained in us, we are told to sort of crave it, want it, need it. It's like the end goal, right? Like, especially in the Indian context, if you look at it, love is something that is the end goal, love and marriage. Like, they are taken interconnectedly even though they are not but that's always the end goal like you are fulfilled only if you have a husband
2: or a wife like or if you have a family as they say right i i think what we're trying to also maybe understand that when we say love we actually mean relationships here which is that um you know the idea of our entire purpose or existence boiling down to maybe having a very, very fantastic dream like relationship yeah. that is full of love and yes. Um however, just however, I feel I've had the good fortune of understanding and observing and feeling love. Um by perhaps my mother's affection. Uh, which remains currently also the template, the archetype, the entire yardstick against which love is measured, understood, or held closely. But just like any young mind, growing up, I think I would always, one would always find me sitting right below the television for hours, um, inhaling these movies and TV shows that taught me That maybe not love, but the expression of love looked a certain way. Mm. And a very interesting entry point of maybe romantic love was maybe introduced to us through media beyond the parental affection into a child's mind. So maybe we try to understand and trace back where it all really started from. What do you think you originally saw or were exposed to that made you understand what relationships could look like?
1: I was just thinking um, in terms of, you know, the movies, shows, books and narratives we hear about love, I feel like all of those narratives have been written by men and uh, all my life I've thought that, you know, um, love is primarily a topic that women contemplate about with like more intensity and um, vigor than anybody else um but but even then uh the theories of love have been written by men uh and i would like to quote bell hooks she says that men theorize about love but women are more often love's practitioners
0: snap 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 (laughs) (laughs) i love bell hooks yeah i feel like she's one of the greatest writers ever yeah um for me, I guess if I have to like really go back and like see where it all began, I guess maybe this is just my perception, but I feel like um, for all of us, the archetypes of love they all formulate at the very beginning. You know, in in our families, it's the way we see it, the way we experience it in our homes that we find out what we miss or what we want and we make that our love language sort of mm. so for me in my family like um there was not a lot of affection or love between my parents and i was an only child for a very long time till i was about nine so uh for those formative years there was just a lack of affection right and that kind of translated into me having my love language as words of affirmation and uh, Mm such you know that is something that I developed because that is the way I wanted affection that was something that was missing in me but also I find myself performing a lot of acts of service because that's how I saw love being shown to me by my parents Mm
1: -hmm.
0: that's how I ended up doing it like if you look at things in a cultural perspective, uh, say in the South Asian context, right? You see so many posts and so many people talking about how Asian parents always just cut up fruit and give them to you, which is something that I have experienced. Like when my dad came back to live with us, he, I would be studying and he would just come and bring me fruit. I would not talk to him at all the entire day. Like we would not have conversations at all. But he would try and show his
2: love to me by just making me food. Mm -hmm. Right. Don't you think that um, in a lot of ways that's how we've come to imbibe these practices? Um, It's interesting that you said that this is how you've experienced it in your formative years. And it makes me curious how our parents, your respective parents, have come to understand and practice the expression of love through their experiences, perhaps their formative years, how perhaps even their parents offered love in the form of acts of service, having to call mm-hmm. you, having to mm-hmm. check with you, or having to call you. Um, these are all forms of communication, but with the hint of doing love in the name of protection, in the name of care, in the name of support, of uh, these expressions, are very very uh, misunderstood or misrepresented so perhaps y'all try to understand what it is that makes us express the way that we do because when I like to think of what it is that could be my love language I completely align with words of affirmation and touch but very interestingly it's also because that's the only form of love I've witnessed not form of tab- to understand so it's interesting that mean that we could have that same alignment even though we've experienced it by growing up. So maybe Noor could help us understand what it is that she's um, expressed when it comes to love language.
1: I think for me uh, I've always thought of love love language as um spending quality time together not mm. not even quality time to spending time together being physically present together um and listening to each other talk um yeah i i do not expect um them uh to do anything for me um or nor do i do anything for them but What I would do is make the person feel held. And um, as I said before, just be present. I think that's a great way to build um, a
0: lot of love and harmony in your relationships. I think it brings a lot of comfort to just be sitting with somebody for a while. Yeah. Like at times, I don't want to talk. I just want to be held. And I think
2: that's beautiful. Hmm. How can you feel loved and held at the same time? What kind of experiences make you feel loved and held at the same time?
0: I think it's when, if I'm feeling down, I think just somebody just being there, telling me it's going to be okay, and they have my back, I think Mm -hmm. that really makes me feel very comforted and very loved, because um, it's just really nice, when somebody is just there, you know.
2: Mm.
1: What about you, Palak?
2: So, I would like to think that um, a large portion of how I understand love would be these borrowed ideas from these very, very skewed narratives like we were discussing, that uh, love needs to be grand and love needs to be... um very quantifiable uh, on the outside it should be seen it should be visible Mm -hmm. Um, but I've also come to understand that um, when trying to maintain and nurture relationships whether they're romantic platonic even as dynamic with our caregivers or somebody that we are providing care to that love can be very very nuanced Um, it can be as simple as uh, how are you and it can be as simple as just here to let you know that if you need anything I'm going to be present through it mm. I think sometimes the idea of love or how we feel about it can make us feel um, very strict about how we experience it with ourselves as well Um, so if we're trying to offer us their support, love and a lot of unconditionality, um, even by our own bodies or by our own self, if it is not something that we can be, uh, that we can measure and quantify, it may not often feel enough. And so, a lot of our self-talk about love, about self-love, quote unquote. Um, is also extremely, extremely nuanced because we don't know how to hold enough space for our own bodies, for our own mind,
1: mm-hmm. because
2: we've never really understood how to explore it with those around us. So I think the first part that I really to when I think of loving everything, is to be gentle. I think it's a beautiful step in the role of understanding the what the outcome is, the approach will uniformly remain gentle. And that is a rather bigger implication of support than what the words actually need. Thank you. The other smaller element, but a very integral one, is to simply understand that when I think of communication, um, so communicating the right right, um, gestures, um, I feel so often, if all of you agree, um, we, we we used to learn this a lot, which is, you know, it was not my intention to say this or it was not my intention to deliver this. Um, I think it's very integral to understand that we all come from different walks of life. And so we carry a different size of baggage and we feel the weight of this baggage very differently and have spent a hundred percent of our life relying on our core beliefs to to sustain us. So when we think of partnership, whether it's in any form of dynamic, to blend into someone else's way of being can be very complex and particular. The only thing that I think we may want to reflect on is the biases that we carry before we hold others accountable for their role. And so we may want to constantly offer curiosity. I think curiosity is the only form of love that I'm trying to explore currently. Um, Curiosity before consensus. And I think when we think of healthy love as well, healthy relationships, supportive love, it could look very different to each of us. And so maybe we just start by developing the practice, maybe the language to value our needs and then revise the needs of the
1: relationship. Any thoughts? I really resonate with the idea of curiosity. I think um for me also I expect that in as in the space of a loving relationship there should be space for experimentation and exploration and discovery like to reach outwards and to reach inwards as well to explore who you are and who the other person is. I think that's the way I look at curiosity
0: um adding to that i also palak mentioned two points one about self-love and one about the curiosity so i'll talk about curiosity first i think it is so important to continue to stay invested and interested in somebody's life i think mm-hmm. that that is what keeps a relationship alive and healthy and i mean it in the sense of all relationships even in friendships I feel like uh, through books and movies, uh, everybody tries to make love seem so effortless, but it is not. Yeah, absolutely. It is a lot of work that you are constantly putting in. You are constantly choosing to be there for somebody, you know, in your friendships, in your romantic relationships, in your professional relationships, in all sorts of relationships, you are... Every day you are choosing to be there for a particular person. And it takes a lot of effort, time, and energy to care for somebody. Right. And Mm -hmm. staying curious is extremely important. Now, coming back to the self-love point. So, um, while you were talking about self-love, I was just thinking about how when we talk about love and care, the first thought that comes to us is always about others. Hmm. it is never internal it is never i love myself or i love taking care of myself
2: i wish to build a relationship with myself yeah there we oftentimes forget
0: the most important person in our life which is our own selves right we especially when people are in love or they care about people we oftentimes tend to forget about ourselves or we lose ourselves in our relationships. We get so consumed by the different forms of love and affection and because it takes so much time and effort, right? We forget to put that sort of time and effort into building a relationship with our own selves as well. It is really important to connect with our own selves, to know what we want, to know what we like, to spend some some time with ourselves as well. Mm i think if we are not in sync with ourselves um it's really difficult to have a healthy loving relationship with others mm-hmm. so um what do you guys think what makes a healthy comfort for a relationship full of comfort or harmony um
2: i completely agree i think the word that i often use uh, to explain effort because there are certain words that um, make us feel a little weighed down sometimes and maybe effort uh, comes with a little bit of that weight, um, which is, I think, uh, relationships and nurturing relationships are uh, a result of a lot of skill and labor. Um, often people around me, just as I was mentioning before, would want to garner trust in communication by seeing... Um, My intention is to communicate this. My intention is to help you understand something, but it is never followed enough or followed up with some language. And while I deeply agree, I do feel your intention is integral to what it is that you're trying to achieve. Um, It is also just as integral to develop a skill where our communication, our communication style, and our our intent are also aligned. So I feel one cannot trump the existence of the other. It's also important to consider that uh, when I say skill-based relationships, I don't mean that the relationship, in order to be in a relationship, in order to offer nurturing a relationship, one has to develop a certain amount of skill as a prerequisite. It comes with experiential learning. It comes with the diversity and the richness of many, many different relationships of our life. However, it is the consistency and the perseverance that helps me understand what can allow me to be more present for myself and those around me.
1: So for me, a relationship which has comfort and harmony, I think the first thing that should be there is um, honesty and authenticity from uh, all the parties present in the relationship. Like just being true to each other, uh, I think really makes a difference. Another thing that I would um, think of uh, could be empathy, really understanding each other because it's really, really beautiful to be understood by somebody else and to understand somebody else. Another thing is respect, definitely. I think no matter what um, their beliefs, actions or ideas are, it is important to always respect them. Thank you, Noor, for that really insightful
2: conversation. Um, in therapy, this is something we often say, which is relationships can break us, but relationships can also heal us. This is how we come to our conclusion today with our ever evolving relationship with relationships. It's through this vicarious learning, some painful and some joyous experiences that we attempt to theorize our understanding of love and care. Where is it you get your ideas of love? Is it the same as it was growing up? What is or what can be your love language? How do you find a way to express them, not just to those around you, but also yourself? These questions stay with us through the morning chai and the evening coffee.
1: To our listeners, thank you for joining us and listening in today. We really appreciate your support. If you like this episode, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at OneFutureCollective and on at OneFuture underscore India on Twitter. And keep an eye out for future episodes of explorations on feminist leadership by One Future Fellows 2022. Please leave your questions, comments, or feedback for us on Anchor or in our DMs. We look forward to hearing your thoughts. Until next time, take care of yourself, and we hope that we can explore more together. Like this Sochcast? Tune in for more with the Sochcast app from the Google Play Store.